I remember around the same time last year, my wife and I were here, and uh, we had something going on, which is COVID. And uh, I don't know why the Lord brought COVID. Somebody said he brought COVID so he can, he can purge the church. You know, a lot of people we're not seen in church anymore. I like the song that they just, sell, just sang. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. And that is what a lot of people are not doing. You know, they, some of them are ashamed that they are Christian. Uh, you wonder if they were really saved or not. However, <clears throat> I bring you greetings from our church, Kelly Community Bible Church. And uh, we thank God for the ministry there. And uh, my wife and I, as the pastor said, we have been there for 49 years uh, in marriage and ministry. January the 6th next year, we will be 50 years in marriage and ministry. So we're looking forward for that wonderful time. That's a landmark. And I am so grateful to have a man like Pastor Sam and his wife, who he is the administrative pastor in our church, and boy, he does a great job. You know, it's good to have a man like that, Dr. Peterson, so you can sit back and let him do all the hard work, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's a joy to have him. And he's also the registrar of our school. Uh, we have a Bible Institute, as you heard, uh, which is our undergraduate school. We, just, we, we will be having a graduation next year. Uh, not next year, next, what am I saying? In December the tent, uh, nine, uh, and this, uh, we were supposed to have about 47 students graduating. And then we have a school in Guyana, all right? I know we don't have any Guyanese here, all right? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah we have one. And we uh, was talking to her recently, and we, um, we, I'm going there as soon as I get back on the 12th of November. We'll be having a graduation there. We have about 20-something students graduating. And in June this past year, we had the Solid Rock um, um, School graduated. We had about 18 or 19 of them. I just can't remember. However, our goal is to win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ and to train them so they can do the same. And we are doing that. We have five churches started out of our church. And, uh, you know, we are grateful to have, like when Pastor Sam and I am here, my brother is the assistant pastor, and then we have these four men who graduated from our, who got saved under our ministry, graduated from our school, went out and started their churches. So one of them preached this morning, and I'll tell you, it's, it's a great joy to have to see these people who have trusted Christ as Savior to move on. And uh, I'm thankful for your pastor. We have been praying for him, and uh, I know God does answer prayer, and. Uh, I just pray for our country. We are having some serious problems there right now. And uh, they're not getting over the COVID. They still have a lot of restrictions. Um, I, I feel so free here now that I don't have to wear masks in church. But when we're over there, we have to wear masks. Not to preach, but, you know, everyone have to wear a mask and make sure they sanitize. When you walk in the building in our church, you have to sanitize your hand, make sure you uh, and then we have the temperature, you have the test and all these things. So I don't know why they're doing it, but yes, you know, we just have to go, go along with them. Uh, there's so much that is happening in our world today that um, 
I believe that the devil is trying to take control and the politicians trying to control people. And guess what? You know, COVID, they use COVID to control people. You know, and we have to be so careful, you know, enriching souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our goal. Uh, your pastor and I went to school together. Not together, sorry, the same school. Uh, he went uh, way after me. And uh, uh, we graduated from one of the best schools, Bible College at that time in, in, in America. And we have learned how to clear, share a clear gospel message without compromising. And um, I'll share some of that later on. But while I was in Bible college in my second or third year, um, we pull up at this gas station. And to, I pull up with my car to fill, fill it up. And in those days, you know, that, um, you know, gas was very cheap, not like now. And when I pull up at the gas station, I had a freshman sitting in my front seat he was a first-year student, and I took out a track and told him, I said, listen, I want you to go and witness to this gas station attendant. So he walked up to him, and he took the track, and he gave it to him, and he said, do you know where you're going when you die? It was a Shell gas station, S-H-E-L-L, all right? It was a Shell gas station. So he, when he handed him the track, he said, do you know where you're going when you die? And the guy said, no. He said, well, let me tell you something. If you take that S out of that shell, that's where you're going. <laughs> well, that is not a good way to witness the people. Uh, this evening, I want to share with you, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 16. I wouldn't read that whole um, portion of scripture. I just want to read one verse and then... We will get to the message. Luke 16 and verse 24. Luke 16 and verse 24. And he said, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And, I, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for your love. We thank you for your word. I pray as you guide me through the Holy Spirit to share what you will have me to share, that souls will be challenged to be a faithful witness, to live a life according to your will. And if there is any who don't know your Savior, that they would trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. My message this evening, a prayer from hell. A prayer from hell. Our Savior gives us the history of two men, as no other person could. First, he gives a brief account of their lives on earth. One man is rich and enjoys the luxuries of the world. The luxuries of the world. Then our Lord tells of these two men at death. The rich man is buried, no doubt. He had a very elaborate uh, funeral with many mourners. In attendance, the beggars died and, and was offered no better funeral than the potter's field could provide. 
We have one, one funeral home in our country that they, their prayer is, they have a favorite prayer that they say all the time, give us this day our daily dead, you know. But <laughs> um, he, he was not compelled to stop where human writers must because he could pull back that thin veil which separates his life from the next and unfold their eternal state. I want you to know that not every rich people go in hell. Only those who did not trust the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. While they live, in, and they live on earth, uh, the story was told. The two men were satisfied. The beggar is satisfied with nothing but God. The rich man was satisfied with everything but not God. Nonetheless, how soon after death had the rich man's satisfaction completely disappeared? In agony, he cried out in a prayer from the eternal burning. The Bible records many prayers, but in this passage, we have the only account of a prayer from hell. The circumstances of this prayer serves for our instructions today. Consider that the rich man, he prayed when he saw the kingdom of God. He lifts up his eyes and said, like so many others, he had never been aware of the spiritual reality of this life. It is not that he denied them, he was merely not concerned about them. The reason for this was that he had never experienced the new birth. Have never experienced a new birth. And that's why Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was confused. You know, uh, this verse in the Bible, in, in John chapter 3, so many of our students that came from different uh, organizations um, in our school were confused about this verse too. They taught when, when, when the Bible says if, um, in John chapter 3, if you would turn there, we'll just look at it quickly and see what the Bible says here. And in John chapter 3, uh, Nicodemus was all confused. And when Christ tell him, you have to be born again. And he said, can I, do I have to go back to my mother's womb and be born again? And Christ said, no. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And the question many of them ask is, born of water, is it water baptism? No, it's not water baptism. God did not say you have to be water baptized to be saved. How do I know that? If you read the next verse, and it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, which is your physical birth. And that which is born of spirit is spirit, which is your spiritual birth. So if you're born once, that is physically, you're going to die twice spiritually, and physically, or physically and spiritually. If you're born twice, which is born physically, born again in Christ, only one death you will have is the physical death, and heaven will be your home. It's important for us to understand that. That's why John 1.12 tells us that as many as receive him, to them gave it the power to become the sons of God. You know, the Bible tells us this is the only book. I don't know if you can tell me of any others. This is the only book that tells you where you're going, when you die, before you die. Is there any other book? 
No. And that's why it's so important that we can know for sure that heaven is our home. We can know for sure where we're going when we die, before we die. You know, I tell people this, and they, some of them think that that's not true. You can't prove that. Well, you know, I tell people, you know, our capital city is Port of Spain. And I tell people, if I don't know how to get to Port of Spain from where I'm living, I have a problem. If I don't know I'm going to heaven when I die, how could I be telling you where to go? And that's why it's, it's important what the Bible says. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have done something wrong. And God says the payment for our sin is death. Separated from God in a place called hell forever. God doesn't want us to go there. That's why he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was perfect, without sin, to take our place. So when he died, buried, and rose again for our sins, we can know for sure that heaven will be our home when we put our faith and trust in him. Salvation is not a doing. Salvation is a receiving what Christ has done for you. You know, I share this so many times with people and they don't understand. Not only that, you cannot lose your salvation. Very important. A, little, a young lady in, my, in, in school come one day and she told me, she said, I didn't like what Pastor Caleb preached on or teach on. I said, what do you, didn't you like? She said, he taught that once, once save, always save. So she said to me, she said, do you believe that? I said, I believe whatever the Bible says. So I said, let's turn to John 3.16. And she turned to John 3.16. I want you to read, I'm going to read John 3.16 from my Bible. And I want to make sure that it's the same thing in your Bible. She said, okay. So she turned and I said, watch carefully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have life until you sin again. She said, is that in your Bible, Dr. Budram? I said, no. I said, is it in yours? She said, no. I said, yeah. what did the Bible say you have to do to have eternal life? Believe that Christ died, buried, and rose again for your sins. When you believe that, what kind of life does he give you? Eternal life. How long is eternal life? Forever. When do you have it? The moment you believe and receive Christ as your Savior. If he gave you that eternal life, where would you spend eternity? With an eternal God in heaven. She said, I can't wait. She was from a Pentecostal background. She said, I can't wait to tell my pastor this. You know, we have that assurance. Let this hand represent you and me. My wallet represents sin. Every one of us have sin, don't we? Anybody don't have sin here? All of us. I can't point my finger at you. I have three pointing back at me. So we see here, let my right hand represent the Lord Jesus Christ. I never forget one time I was, somebody invited me to a Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher said, good boys go to heaven and bad boys go in hell. And I love to ask questions. I said, ma'am, if good, if good boys go to heaven and bad boys go in hell, where does the girls go? You know, the Bible says, all have sinned. And here we are with sin. You know, if we want to get rid of this, we'll do a lot of good works. That wouldn't help you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you know that verse. We are not saved by our good works, but by the grace of God. 
For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believe, he didn't say behave, he said believe, whosoever believe in him should not, the moment you believe, we take all the sin, pay for it, how much you have to pay for? None! And he gives you eternal life. That is what God is talking about. Let me say this. The time is short. Christ is coming soon. I'm seeing this. Right now, I have seen where a couple of families have lost their children between the age of 20 to 29. One of them is a medical doctor friend of ours. One of them is a good friend of ours. And they died. One of them, they don't know how they died. And he was a medical doctor in, in, in Florida here. Uh, he was doing his internship, and he passed away. And another one, he, he, they said that he had a, an acute heart attack. And you know, I counsel with that family. And they, are Christ, they call themselves Christians. I think so. And guess what happened? I had the privilege of witnessing to them. They all understood the same gospel I just shared. And there was twin boys, and the other twin boy who was alive, he said to me, he called me Uncle Rev. He said, Uncle Rev, I want you to know, because of my brother's death, my whole family now come to know Christ as Savior and know for sure where they're going when they die. I see, there are people out there we need to share the gospel with. It is so important, all right? He prayed earnestly, the, the, rich, the, the rich man, prayed earnestly from hell, being in torment. During his lifetime, he had often said his prayers, being a, being a religious man. Now, you can be a religious man and end up in hell because God did not come to save the, those who, are righteous, who call themselves righteous. It's only those who are unrighteous. Because remember the question Christ concerning that. This religious man, we have a lot of people out here. I, I know, I come from some of these religions here. And I, I know what's happening out here. And people think that doing a lot of these things and being very religious, you would go to heaven. That's not true. So he was a religious man. And we see here, he was not unfamiliar with a, with a cold formal type of praying, both public and private. How blasphemous a thing is for, uh, just for us to say prayers, whether they are written out spontane or spontaneous prayers. But now the man is praying with all his might, without the, the aid of a prayer book. Had he prayed so earnestly while he lived on earth, he would not have come to the place of torment. The only prayer the Lord answers from the unsaved. Now, the God does not answer the prayer of the unsaved. People look at me strange when I say that. It's true. There's only one prayer God answers from the unsaved. Lord, save me. Amen. All right? And I'll tell you, there is a hell. Hell was not created for you and I. It was created for the devil and his followers. Not only he prayed earnestly from the sense of needs, but he prayed in great 
soul agony. And in hell he cried up, he cried, sorry, in verse 23 and 24, in the book of Luke, chapter 16, since he had never experienced such an agony of soul on earth, therefore he had never prayed so. Some have known what it has been to be pressed to so much painful prayer in his life. Some can say with the psalmist, the sorrows of the dead encompass me and the pains of hell got hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Psalms 116 and verse 8, 1 to 8 tells us that. Would to God that all knew such trouble and sorrow of heart. Here and now, most are far too satisfied and comfortable to pray so. We see here is important to understand these three aspects are never found in ordinary prayer identification, agony, and authority. The most pitiful, pitiable sight on earth is an unsaved soul at peace. Sadly, we know that he prayed too late. He prayed too late. And how we long to see people stirred by realization of God's kingdom beginning to pray in, in earnestness and agony of soul. This must be done. However, while yet there is time, we must seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, I have talked to so many believers during this COVID time, so many unsafe people also. We have seen many came to my office and they were stressed out. They were in anxiety. They had a lot of problems and we were able to reach them for the Lord. Several people in our church right now is because through the, I, I do counseling, I counsel with them and they trusted the Lord and in church. Sometimes God has to bring incident, accidents, and other things in order to get us back to the Lord or get us to trust Him as Savior. Very important that we understand the petition of this prayer are uh, intended for, for our correction. This man prayed to the wrong person. You know who he prayed to? Father Abraham. We, we don't have to pray to Father Abraham. We see here, even the friend of, he was a friend of God, Father Abraham was a friend of God, the father of all faithful. It is no correct object of prayer. It is more than a little interesting that this is the only prayer in the Bible. Very interesting to see that, that he prayed to Father Abraham. Not only that, he addressed to a saint. Remember, Abraham was the saint here. It came, it came from hell. Only God can answer prayer and he alone in the trinity of being is to be addressed in prayer. Let those who make it a practice to pray to Mary and other saints be corrected by this hellish petition. We have seen that people today pray to all different, you know, there's only one and true and living God we can pray for. You know, when I witness to people, I don't say, would you like to trust the Lord as your Savior? You might say, well, why? Because I did that with one of my wife's aunt, and I said, would you like to trust the Lord as your Savior? And she said, sure. And guess what? 
The next day we went back to see if she really trusts Christ as a savior. So she pulled me in her room, in her little room where she have all her different gods worshiping. She was Hindu. And she said, look, I put Christ's picture here too. Well, the thing is, I should have said, would you like to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior? That's the difference. Even I don't even say, um, you know, do you believe in God? You might say, well, pastor, what? Why do you say that? Because we have a lot of people believe in God today. Even the devil believe in God and he tremble. Our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We must mention that. We must differentiate the true and living God. As I, I never forget one man tell me he don't believe in God. He don't believe in the Bible. And I said, you know, I use my little apologetics I studied in school. I said, for every cause, there's an effect. And for every effect, there's a cause. For building, you must be a builder. For painting, you must be a painter. For creation, you must be a creator. Well, I can see his face, and he, he almost was trying to tell me, don't confuse me with facts. My mind is already made up. So I said, how come you don't believe in the Bible and you don't believe in God, but your name is written in this Bible? He said, no way. Where my name is written in this? I turned to Psalm 14.1 and I had, him, I had him read it. A fool have said in his heart, there is no God. You see, let me say this. There is a God whether you believe it or not. All right? This man found out that there was a God, but at the wrong time. You're true and living God. And we see he addressed the saint. He asked for the wrong deliverer. He asked for the wrong deliverer. And sent Lazarus. You know, we are having uh, such a problem in our society today. And I thank God for a church like this and many others. Who are standing up for the true and clear gospel. We have too many, so many Christians today are very ecumenical in their belief. Uh, no matter what you, where you're from, as long as you mention God and Lord, they embrace you. My friend, beware. That's what the devil wants. And take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, my father locked me out of the house. It was nice, but my mom was very nice and she allowed me to come in. When I got married to my wife, her whole family was Hindus. And I told them, I said, I will not attend your prayer, your Hindu prayer that you do. And, uh, but I'll do anything scripturally for you at any time. Well, they were mad with me. But guess what? After 25 years, my mother-in-law trusted Christ as Savior. I said, Ma, why did you do that? She said, I see something different in you and my daughter, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want him. She told Pastor Sam and myself, go and take her little temple and take all those idols that she had there and throw it away. Now, that's something you don't do just like that. You really have to pray. She started getting demon oppression. We had to bring her to our house. Not possession, but oppression. And that's where she stayed. She was 70 when she was, I think, about 73. She went home to be with the Lord. 
Why I'm saying all this? Take a stand, believers. Don't compromise the gospel. Don't compromise your Christian life. It's important. We have to be very careful. Even different cultures. Uh, someone was telling us yesterday that, you know, you have to understand this. Someone was telling us yesterday that, you know, they, they use the carnival to reach people for the Lord. Now, if I say carnival here, it's different from carnival in Trinidad. Carnival is in Trinidad is very immoral where these people dress half, dress half, half naked and walk the street and play all this crazy music. That's carnival there. Now, you won't find yourself there. In fact, when they have carnival in Trinidad, we have what we call a family day in our cricket ground. And we get all the families together, invite the village, and people come there. We cook food, we share, and we share the gospel. You know, we have to be careful. There's a lot of things that Christians are getting themselves to compromise today. And we have to be careful. The devil is busy doing that. Christians, take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? I took a stand. I, I played cricket. And when the guys were drinking the alcohol and doing this thing, I, I didn't do it. But guess what? They had a lot of respect for me, and several of them trusted Christ as Savior. Several of them. You know... Take a stand. Who was the deliverer? And he, he said he wanted Lazarus to deliver. And Lazarus indeed was now among the blessed who had come to an end of all the hunger, thirst, and pain, and tears. But he was not able to relieve the rich man's agony. Nor are any of the saints above. He could not surmount nor cross that great gulf. Well, I don't have to explain. I will take a little time to explain all that. But only the deliverer. Who is our deliverer? The Lord Jesus Christ. I was in India and teaching in our seminary there. And one man I was witnessing to outside and he said, well, you, you know where Christ went to get his education? I said, Where? He said, in India, among the gurus. I said, true? He said, yes. I said, how come he didn't come back and teach Hinduism what the gurus were teaching? You see, he wasn't there. You see, a lot of these people have been brainwashed by all these different false teaching. And we have to be careful. That's what's happening today. And we see here that the great gulf of span. He lived in the perfect. He lived a perfect life and uh, and satisfied actively all that the law of God demanded out of race. Going to Calvary, Jesus did bear his our sins in his own body and bridge the, that infinite expanse between our sin and God's righteousness. Having ignored and rejected him, there is, was no other hope for this man, nor of any other. In vain does any sinner seek consolation from any other 
but Christ. There is no other name given among heaven whereby we must be saved but Christ. You know, uh, in, in India recently with the COVID, I don't know if you saw it in the news or not, but um, they, were, they were just, you know, breaking down their statues because the statues couldn't do nothing for them and they were turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we as Christians, we have to understand that God saved us and leave us here for a purpose. You ever think, why did God left me on earth and he, he didn't take me away and to heaven one time? There are some people you can reach that I can't reach. There are some people I can reach that you can reach. So all of us, God gave us that great commission. Sometimes people call it the great omission. The commission is to go into all the world and share the gospel. You might say, well, Pastor, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to um, any um, school. Uh, how could I share the gospel? Well, let me give you a, a little story from the Bible. When, when this woman came to Christ and she trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, he gave her living water that will never thirst again. She was a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. What did she do? She went out and tell people, come see a man who will give you living water, give you living water that you will never thirst again. Let me ask you a question. How much Sunday school she went to? How much Bible school she went to? None. Let me tell you, if you are saved, you will be excited to tell people about the Lord. And this is what I did. When I got saved, none of my family was saved. I was the only one who got saved at age 16. When I went to Bible college and come back, my wife used to cry when we come back from Bible college. Almost every day she's saying, um, uh, I want my family to get saved. And do you know God saved her family? Almost 90% of them trusted the Lord. And the same thing with my family. This is what I'm talking about. We are responsible to tell. He sought the wrong water. Send Lazarus that he may tip, dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue. Even Lazarus could have crossed over and done as this rich man requested. What Good such water would have done to him. How long would such momentary cooling have benefited him in those flames? Let me say this. Hell is real, my friend. It's only when you get there, then you would see. But I know if you trust Christ, you don't have to worry. You wouldn't be going there. But what about our brothers? What about our sisters? What about our friends? What about our co-workers? What about uh, our neighbors? Are we telling them? I hope we do. I hope we do. It's important that we do that. You can't take anything to heaven. I've done a lot of funerals, Pastor. I've never seen anybody with a U-Haul taking up things to carry in there. I'll tell you this, you can carry your brother, your sister, your friends, your neighbors in heaven with you. And don't tell me you can't share 
If you are saved, you know that you are saved, you can tell people that. Well, it was a prayer of mockery. The answer given to this prayer from hell is only mockery. This should not surprise us since mockery is exactly what God has promised to such a prayer as this. Because I have called and you refuse. I have stretched my hand out and no man regarded. But he have set at naught all my counsel and with none of my reproof. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear come, come in. Notice in Proverbs 1, 24 to 26, how each part of Abraham's reply is only a sheer mockery. He called him son. He called him son. You know, I was in Winter Haven, Florida. At one time, a pastor invited me in his home and to speak in his church. And we went out visiting. And there was a new building, probably a million-dollar building, was building right opposite. <clears throat> and uh, I went witnessing to the man, and he said, as soon as I move in this building, I will come to church. Well, I went back home, and then the, the pastor called me, and he said, you know, the man who said he will come to church as soon as he move in this building, he did move in the building, but he get a heart attack right there and died. You know, we have to be so careful. All right? Death is no respecter of person. Not only he called him, not only he, a uh, prayer from hell was only mockery, he called him son. He was a son of the flesh, but not of the spirit. He was a son of Abraham but the, of the, by the first birth, but not the son of God by regeneration. To bring up this natural relationship now that he was in flames, in hell, was only a mockery. Many who have been baptized members of the church, but they're not saved, likewise be mockery, mocked on, on one day. Let me tell you, make sure that you really trust Christ as Savior. We have a lot of people think if you get baptized, well, that's it. No, that has nothing to do with your salvation. He asked him to remember, verse 24, what memories there will be in hell. This is one thing that this man did not wish to do. Nor will anyone who makes their bed in hell. He has that for which he had sold his soul called thy good things. Though once considered there, all his purple clothing in those days was very rich and sumptuous, Fear now only bitterly mocked by this man. Not only he asks to remember, but he also is directed to consider what he had missed. But now he is comforted and now at torment. Lazarus was comforted and this man who did not know Christ as Savior was tormented. Never once on earth had he faintly thought of changing places with Lazarus. But now he would give 10,000 worlds of gold to be in Lazarus' place. Well, 
the thing is, he is told, hell is forever. Hell is forever. We have a lot of ecumenical people who are making a mockery of hell and heaven today. And they're saying there's nothing like heaven, nothing like hell. I'm afraid they're going to wake up one day in hell. And you and I need to let people, you know, a lot of people, pastors today, many pastors don't preach about hell anymore. They're scared. They, 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 they're preaching, as the Bible says, giving the people itching ears. We need to preach the gospel. We need to share a clear gospel message. And that's why the Bible tells us that I wrote a booklet on seven steps to Christian growth, and one of that's for new believers. And I mentioned this in the soul winning part. After we have trusted Christ the Savior, God wants us to do four things. One, I call it the four talk. Talk to God. How can we talk to God? The only way we can talk to God is through prayer. Don't try to text him a message. Don't try to call him on your phone. He will answer. All right? Talk to him. Pray. God talking to you. How does God talk to us? By reading his word. Reading his word. You know how many Christians today don't read the Bible? And You know, you, you read the word of God. Sometimes I read one verse or passage and I can get several sermons from that. It's so encouraging. I send out a devotion every uh, Monday to Friday. And I've gotten a, so much response that people are saying that it has been a blessing. It encouraged me. I, I, I need to get more. You know, that's what we want, the word of God. Then the next talk is talking to believers. How do we talk to believers? Bible study, church assembly. You can stay home and pray, but you can't stay home and have church. You know, I know, I know we do, we do um, live online service. And we do Zoom on Wednesday night. But I'll tell you, a lot of people sometimes make a mockery of it. What do I mean by that? That's a, a strong word I just said. They will, put on, put, put, they will turn on on the Zoom. Your name will be there, but they're doing something somewhere else. Why? I, 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 I glad, I'm so happy that God does not do like Lazarus. Uh, sorry, like um, the man in the Bible who, Ananias. I'm glad that God does not do like Ananias, do what he did to Ananias. Remember Ananias came and said, I sold this property for so much and so much. And he lied. And the Holy Spirit killed him right there. His wife came and said, yes, he sold it. The Holy Spirit killed her right there. Pastor, if God used to operate in that way today, we will have to do funerals every Sunday morning. Christians don't tell lies, they sing it. All to Jesus I surrender. Only in church. Talk to believers, the third talk. The fourth one, talk to non-believers. 
witnessing, witnessing, telling people how they can know they're going to heaven when they die. I believe that's the one that is most important. Could you talk to God in heaven? Yes. Will God be able to talk to you in heaven? Yes. Will you be able to talk to believers in heaven? Yes. Because they all will be there. Will you be able to talk to the non-believers in heaven? No, they wouldn't be there. So that's why we should be talking to non-believers, reaching them for the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you will get more excited to reach. Listen, time is short, you know. Let me say this. I don't usually say this, but let me say this. I wonder how many of you will agree with me. America is not America anymore. You know what I'm talking about. It's not the land of milk and honey anymore. The Bible says in Daniel that they're going to change times and laws. They're doing it here. You see that? What's going on? Christians, be ready. Be ready. We are going to be persecuted for Christ's sake. It's happening already. If you don't stand up for the truth, let me tell you this. You're going to compromise. Let's don't compromise. Young people, you know what I'm talking about. And we need to stand up for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Share the gospel. Reach lost souls. It's so important. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I pray right now that your message has been a blessing here to see the agony of this unsaved man who was in hell. Pray to the wrong person, the wrong, de- wrong deliverer, wrong water. I pray right now, Lord, that this church, the people of this church that will say yes to Jesus, I want to be a witness. I at least want to win one soul in my lifetime and more. I pray, Lord, that you will encourage them. I pray that you will open those doors to reach that one and you will prepare the hearts and the mind of that one that he can share the gospel with. Only one life to live will soon be passed and only what is done for Christ will last. Bless this church, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness with a clear gospel message and a life living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for healing the pastor and bringing him back, Lord. I know you haven't finished with him as yet. There's a lot more to go. But Father, we even pray for this country, America. What is happening here right now, Lord, is so scary and demonic. I pray, Lord, that you would do all you can to wake up the believers to do that great commission of going into all the world and share the gospel. Bless us now, Lord. Bless everyone. 
cover us with your blood. Build a hedge around us that when Satan attacks, that he will not be able to penetrate through. And we overcome them by the word of God, the blood of the Lamb, and prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.